If you have your Bible with you, turn to Isaiah chapter 6. We're going to read verses 1 through 8. This is not the text I had picked out at all. It speaks about the vision of Isaiah of the Lord. Get your Bible and just keep it open to that chapter. In the year that King Uzziah died, stop right there. There are times in our life that are markers on our life. They change the way we view everything. They are a point in time. And here Isaiah is saying, something happened in me and something happened uh, in this time frame and it was during the year that King Uzziah died. Do you have markers in your life? Things that once this happened or I experienced this, then I was never the same. You see, God works in seasons and moments. Just like in the tongue and interpretation that I told you about, he said, take the moment to be present in the moment. That's where Isaiah was. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne. This is so powerful. Why is he sitting on the throne? Because nothing is above him. Nothing is supreme. Nothing is more powerful than the God who sits on the throne. No circumstance or situation causes him to bow because they bow to him. He sits upon the throne. This morning, does he sit upon the throne of your heart and in your life? Does he reign supreme and fully there in your heart? I saw the Lord sitting upon the throne. High and lifted up. Ha. Above every principality. Above every power. Above every ruler of darkness. Ha. Above everything that would try to exalt himself or itself above the Lord. He sits there and he reigns supreme and he is high and lifted up. And the train of his robe. It fills the temple. <laughs> Such majesty and power and glory. As I believe that Isaiah sees the scene in heaven where Jesus is on the throne. And the train of his robe, it, it fills the temple. It's, it's too much. There's so much glory. There's so much presence of God, do you, do you feel that presence of God this morning? Above him stood the seraphim. Each had six wings. With two, he covered his feet. With two, he covered uh, his face. And with two, he flew. And one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy. Mm. He's holy this morning. There is not a word that describes him any better than the word holy. High and lifted up. He is sitting upon the throne above every circumstance and situation. And that includes those in your life, not just those for Isaiah. 
He's the Lord of hosts. Holy is the Lord of hosts. He is the Lord of heaven's armies, some translation give it. So whenever you're in a battle, whenever the enemy tries to come against you or tries to come against your mind, know that he is not just God operating by himself, but he sits on the throne and he commands legions of angels to go and to be the army that defends you, the army that defeats the enemy, the army that comes against the biggest attack of the enemy. He is the Lord of hosts. And he commands all of heaven's armies, all of them. The whole earth is full of his glory. First it said that the temple was filled by the train of his robe. But now it's saying that the temple, the earthly temple that Isaiah would have went into, was not enough for the glory of God. Oh, I'm about to run. Such a powerful anointing and presence of God uh, that now Isaiah says it is not only filling the temple, but the whole earth is filled with his glory. Such power and majesty and might of our King of kings and our Lord of lords. He rules supreme. He is on the throne. Am I preaching to you this morning? Nothing that can come against you can come against his power or his glory. Nothing else compares. He is a matchless, eternal God who rules and reigns from eternity. He sits on the throne. The foundations of the threshold shook at the voice of him who called, and the house was filled with smoke. Israel knew what it was for God to be with them. They had heard the stories of how God was with them in the promised land, in the, before they went into the promised land, and, and here is the presence of God. In the daytime, it is a cloud, the smoke, if you will, the omniscient, omnipresent presence of God that is tangible, comes into their midst and it overshadows them and it protects them from the extreme desert temperatures and all of the climate that would be around them. My God is my protector. He is my defender. He is the one that comes along beside of me and he protects me. And in the nighttime, when it's scary and you don't know what lurks behind things, He is the pillar of fire by night. He lights up. He makes a way for the path of my feet. And I'm in his presence. Mm. You see, there's such a tangible presence of God. And we don't often get into that, but can, can I say we're here this morning? Do you, do you feel that presence, that tangible presence of God? And we're not often in that. But take advantage of the moment to recognize a holy, high, and exalted, and lifted up God. 
houses filled with smoke. And I said, woe is me, for I am lost. Wow. Here is the prophet of God, the man of the hour. But in comparison to the glory and the presence of God, he said, I am lost. I am undone. I am not worthy to be in his presence. Not worthy to be there. I'm lost. I'm undone. I'm a man of unclean lips. And I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. Not only am I not worthy to be in his presence. Do, do you understand what I'm saying this morning? We are in the presence of God, the eternal, omnipotent God. We're in his presence. And here Isaiah sees his sin. You cannot help when you come into the presence of God but to see your unworthiness and your sin. But what I want you to see here is that God does not leave us in that state. He said, for my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a burning coal that he had taken with tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth and said, behold, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin is atoned for. We come into the presence of a holy God. Unworthy, but he makes a way for us. We know what that way would be when we look forward to the future. We know it was Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of the Father. But here in the Old Testament, it is uh, symbolized by the tongue, that fire that cleanses him and purges him from his sins. Aren't you glad that God will forgive you of your sins? And when you're not worthy, he will allow you to come into his presence and there to be changed. You're never going to be the same once you've been in God's presence. You can't help it. You can't go back to what you thought before, what you were before. You can't go back because you've been in His presence. Nothing else matters. Nothing else matters more than being in the presence of God. Nothing matters anymore. Imagine. Isaiah goes into the temple because things are a mess. Israel has already forsaken God, and the, he is the prophet of Judah, and things are not going well there. And he comes into the temple probably to pour his heart out before God, and God meets him there. Ah, woo! See, God meets me when I come to him. And when I'm overburdened and whenever the cares of this life have uh, burdened me down, then I can come to the Lord and I come into his presence and I never come out the same. And he forgives me of my sins. <laughs> and he prepares me to do something for him. Oh, but pastor, you don't know me. 
You don't know what side of the tracks I came from. You don't know what I've done. You don't know my past. But it doesn't matter because God prepares you for a future in him when you come into his presence and you're forgiven and the slate is wiped clean. And then God says to him, whom shall I send and who will go for us? Whom shall I send? Whom shall I send? This morning, how many want to do something for the Lord? You see, once you've been in his presence, there, uh, there's this feeling of, I, I, I don't deserve to be here, but he's welcomed me in. And now I just want to do something, not because I have to, but because I want to. I want to serve the Lord. I want to honor him. I want to work for the Lord because he's been so good to me. Can somebody uh, uh, imitate that this morning? Can somebody say, God has been so good to me that, that I, I really just want to worship him and serve him and bless him and be a part of what he's doing in his kingdom. Then he said, here I am. Here I am. Send You see, when you come into the presence of God, He will place a call on your life. He places a demand upon your life. You can never be the same. You can't go back. So you got to, somebody say, I'm going forward. So you got to go forward. Yes, Lord, send me. Send me. Why do I preach so much about you having a calling? Because you do. And whenever you meet the calling, and I meet the calling, and your neighbor meets the calling, then the presence and the kingdom of God begins to expand, and the world is changed because we say, Here am I, send me. Hmm. I'm going to raise your hands and say, Send me. Send me, Lord. Send me.